Welcome to the Sunday Poems. I'm Ken Hayda. Thank you for joining me today. This is my 84th episode of the Sunday Poems. I appreciate the feedback you give me and the reviews you write and the uh, way that you participate with me in this little program. Very meaningful to me. I hope it's meaningful to you. I want to read a brand new poem today by Dorothy Alexander. Dorothy Alexander uh, is an Oklahoma legend approaching her ninth decade on the planet, uh, full of wisdom and, and knowledge and information, still full of fight and fighting the good fight. Um, the poem I'm going to read is titled, Let Morning Come. I asked permission to read it, and Dorothy said, sure, please read it, because otherwise she's afraid her friends in Oklahoma might forget who she is. Uh, don't think that's possible. Uh, though she now resides in Santa Fe. That morning come, the title, I think, echoes Jane Kenyon's famous poem, Let Evening Come, uh, in which Kenyon is anticipating her untimely death to cancer. Uh, Dorothy's poem, Let Morning Come, seems to me has more of a collective voice, uh, and it has a certain resolve, a certain resignation, but also uh, uh, what I would call a triumphant resignation. And that occurs through our ability and our willingness uh, to learn and to submit to the way of the universe. The Tao Te Ching, she uses the phrase, the way to be and the way to do twice in the poem. And so I like the poem because it's both courageous and also uh, humble at the same time. Let Morning Come by Dorothy Alexander Let the universe do what the universe does. Let her make the changes she deems prudent. Allow nature to work her mothering through us. Trust evolution on her inescapable path. Let her teach us the way to be, the way to do. Let the night come with its holy darkness for therein lie the mysteries, the secrets which lead to knowing. Let the morning come and shine the light of knowledge on us. Then, as the poet says, let the whole thundering world come home. Let us learn to patiently trust our heaviness. Let everything happen to us, beauty and terror. Let us hear rumblings beneath the surface. Let poetry find us. Let music find us. Let us make images of visions from our heart. Let our old songs of home find us. Let us keep going. And may the wild God of hope allay our fears. It's a very strong poem. As I say, resignation, but triumphant at the same time. Uh, it's a courageous poem. Let us learn to trust our heaviness. Let everything happen to us. Beauty and terror. Hear rumblings beneath the surface. But I also like how the poet here reminds us uh, that the life of art is a way to face of the pandemic. Let poetry find us. Let music find us. Let us make images of visions from our heart. Old songs of home.
That's the way we keep going. That's the way the wild God of hope works through us and allays our fears. Thank you, Dorothy, for sharing that beautiful poem. And I want to follow up with some of my own brand new work, which also uh, pays tribute to the natural world and uh, situates us as individuals within that natural order of things. The first one is titled The Whippoorwill. The Whippoorwill chanting like a holy man with relentless energy to conjure what we have yet to understand fills me with a simultaneous feeling of dread and resolve. I cannot ignore such faith. I can only wonder where the primitive energy goes, how it exists to begin with, and what I am to do with the mortal accident of hearing. How to participate with a private mystic so forcefully present like water flowing in an unmarked stream, like the constant glow of a moon forever silent all around us. Next poem is titled Osprey. I was able to go to the lake a couple days ago and I witnessed this magnificent osprey going about his vicious, beautiful business. So I tried to capture that in these words. An osprey circles the brassy water, loops two, three times or more, drops a few hundred feet, flaps his shimmering wings, white in afternoon sun, climbs, repositions, then plummets again like a terrible dagger to the water's edge to claim his prey, piercing the flesh of a fish, lucky enough to never know the force that guarantees survival. A question raised by firelight. Destined by failure, shaped by the rough cuts of a dull blade, a hope persists nonetheless, a struggle to believe that belief has an end worth all the effort. If you think it is beautiful, then it must be, but is beauty sufficient, a worthy substitute for what is lacking? And I will conclude with the following poem titled The Impulse to Respond. Tonight the moon wears a halo the size of a small universe. Some cliches are worth repeating the way we hear old symphonies anew, as if we are in the composer's mind. But it's not simply intellectual, is it? The impulse to respond to something beyond description is its own universality. And I have nothing better to do than watch the night sky evolve, grateful that the ghosts about us remember our dusty souls. Well, thank you for joining me on this program. Thank you for your reviews and your comments and your feedback. You may check out my work at kenhada.org. Until next week, I'm Ken Hayda with the Sunday Poems. <laughs>